Hello, 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 and welcome back to Tea and Twits. Just two girls talking about stuff that we care about. We are back from our month hiatus. Life kind of threw a curveball at us, so we weren't able to record last month. And unfortunately, Laura is not able to be here this month due to some work scheduling. So this month, I have Adam with me. Hello, everybody. I'm also known as the curveball that derailed May. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. We so. are almost in June, but we're finally getting in an episode. Yeah, and it wasn't looking like it was going to be this week either. No, because things happened Monday where I couldn't record, and then things happened yesterday where you couldn't record, so we were getting Yeah, <laughs> and... And what happened yesterday, oh my god, if you guys don't know, we do bad ping as well. And this month, whew, that story's going to be great. Oh god. Yeah, you'll be able to hear all those good stories over on Bad Ping on the CyberTwit YouTube channel. Um, but we will definitely make sure to post out those links. But we're going to go ahead and get jumped get started with uh, this month's podcast. So, the last couple of years that we've done a Pride Month podcast, Laura and I have usually talked about, you know, um, like, pretty prominent figures in the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, But this month, I kind of wanted to talk about some people that may not be as well-known, or they're just like getting more notoriety in the LGBT community. But I want to mm. see if you know any of these names. Okay. Okay. Well, so, do, do you know a man by the name of Alan Turing? Alan Turing. He yes. sounds like an actor. I, I want to say I saw a movie or a show of his, but I don't remember at this moment. Well, he's he's not an actor, but you may have seen a movie about him. Oh. So, Alan Turing, born June 23rd, 1912, was the man that that essentially ended the Second World War. Oh. I <laughs> Okay. I'm going to ask a certain question. Did he partake? Was he behind the beginning of the deception before the D-Day landings? Or was he Enigma? He was Enigma. Enigma. That's it. I I remember hearing about him, but everything that he worked on, which I know everybody knows about Enigma. They know he was I think the head of the people who cracked it, but like everything else is just, here's Enigma, this is how he led it, that's it. So, I would love to see more from it, more about him. If you talk about Alan Turing's life and his part in Enigma, I recommend watching Imitation Game because Benedict Cumberbatch does a fantastic job portraying him, and his story is just incredible. So, 
Alan Turing, English mathematician, computer scientist, logician, cryptanalyst, crypt, cryptanalyst. I can't really say that. Cryptoanalysis. Cryptanalyst. Cryptanalyst. There we go. <laughs> Words of philosopher and theoretical biologist. He created. So what you're saying is he's smarter than everybody we know. Yes. <laughs> He is he is insanely smart. Um, yeah. But he created he was influential in developing theoretical computer science and then created the Turing machine, which eventually became the first computer. Wow. First computer. All the way back then. Right. I mean I know we we talk a lot about entertainment stuff or stuff from the internet, but just hearing how far back it goes is amazing, especially concerning this story. Oh, yeah. So he graduated King's College in Cambridge with a degree in mathematics, uh, became a fellow at Cambridge, publishing proof demonstrating that Purely mathematical yes-no questions can never be answered by a computation and defined the Turing machine, which wants to become, you know, a stigma. Yeah. In 1938, he obtained his PhD from the Department of Mathematics at Princeton and then yeah. went to work for the military, or the military slash the government, during World War II at Fletchley Park. He yeah. was part of a co-breaking group to break the break the German ciphers that were being used to send um, like orders. messages and all that. And I think what you're trying to say about him working for the military and government is that he was in like MI5, MI6, stuff like that. He wasn't, he wasn't officially in it, but he worked alongside yeah. with um, members of MI6, but yes. Yeah. He was so, like a freelancer, essentially. Yes. Which, that's just amazing when you stop and think about it. So, during this time, homosexuality was actually illegal in the United Kingdom. And it 1952, he was prosecuted for public indecency because of, of him being gay. Yeah. Instead of going to prison, the judge gave him an alternative, which was known as chemical castration, which completely, you know, it, it depletes. It sterilized all. him. Except the hormone treatment. Um, he actually, because of the hormone treatment and how it made him feel, he took his own life 16 days before his 42nd birthday. By God, using that's just sad. It's incredibly sad, but what makes it a little bit more painful? Not painful, but a little bit to the story 
is in 2013, Queen Elizabeth II granted a posthumous pardon of his conviction. So basically, she overturned the conviction. And she public official public apology for the appalling way that Turing was treated. And there is now a law called the Alan Turing Law in the United Kingdom started in 2017 that retroactively pardoned men cautioned or convicted under historical legislation that outlawed I'm glad they did that, but it's also a case of, I mean, it's too little, too late. Like, right. Like, we're not- there's, there's nothing we can do to change the past, but yeah. at least he's getting recognition of what they did was horrible but yeah we shouldn't look at the latter half of life but like look at his accomplishments like the the dude was wicked smart oh yeah like i think king's college is like one of the top universities in the united kingdom it is i i also want to say it's like one of the one of the few that in europe it's like a top 10 but I don't truly know. I mean, so, what? It's just like, I, I was watching Imitation Game when I got the idea for, for this podcast. I'm like, there's just, we don't really want to talk about a lot. So we talk yeah. about Johnson and Harvey Milk and all those people, but okay, yeah. he's considered, you know, he's an influential LGBT person. He was he was gay, yeah. worked for the government, and helped stop the war. Without him and that group, the war would have continued and far more people would have died. Oh yeah. Like I know we talk about talked about Enigma and how key that was, but it's really understating just how important it truly was. Mm-hmm. Like when it was broken, it was what? During, like, either during the Battle of Britain or right after. So, without it being broken, odds are the Germans would have decided to invade Britain. And I mean, at that point, they weren't at w- war with Russia. Mm-hmm. They would be in about like six to 12 months or some. No, I want to say it was about eight months actually. But you figure an eight-month schedule, essentially, to invade and conquer Britain, that, that was what Britain was facing at that time. Yeah. That enigma, Britain falls. It might have held out till, till Barbarossa, but after that, I don't know. So, are you ready to move on to the next person? Yeah. Do you know who Lily Elb is? Lily Elb. Mm-hmm. I want to say... Her name isn't as familiar, but I think she was like an at like a Broadway actress or something. 
I'm not terribly sure on her name. So, Lily Ilse Elvins, also known as Lily Elb, was a Danish painter and a transgender woman among the early recipients of sexual reassignment surgery. So she she is male to female. Okay, that really became a thing. Like the the surgery became well started happening when like God, why is it like that? She had her surgery in 1930. Okay, I always thought that came earlier for some reason. It was it was like started getting more traction earlier but the surgery was still so new that not a lot of patients were surviving okay so so she was born Einar Weg- Wegner and I'm going to butcher these names because they're Danish uh, December 28th of 1882 she had her Oh, goodness. Um, she is nope. said to have been intersex. So she had, you know, both sexual organs, essentially. But okay. she, most of her life, identified as male until she started becoming more comfortable coming out as female. Yeah. She she was married, too. Who'd, huh. Who'd she marry? She was married to Gerda Wagner in in nineteen oh four. That was when okay. they Gerda Wigner, you said? Gerda Wagner or Gerda Gottner is, is what she would be known under. She was also a painter. Okay. I think I've heard more of Greta more than I've heard of Lily, but I mean when you're in a small town, you really don't get to truly understand a lot of these differences and all that. Mm-hmm. So Lily started her sexual reassignment surgery in 1930. And the last of the surgeries was in 1931, which was, okay. the, there's like different, <laughs> like different, Things that procedures. She had four different surgeries. In order four to... different surgeries. Mm-hmm. Got. And it, it could because it was a, it was a really such a new surgery. They didn't really have an idea of how to do it. So she had her fourth and final surgery in 1931. But just a couple of months after her final surgery. She passed away September 13th of 1931. She would have been, what, 49? Uh, Let me see. 48 when she died. 48. Okay. She she passed away because her immune system rejected the transplanted uterus, which was the final surgery, and it caused an infection. Which is God. that that sounds like a painful way to go. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. But if you want to know more about her 
her whole life from beginning of transition to the very end when she passed away. Eddie Redmayne played her in the movie called The Danish Girl. Okay, I've heard of that movie. It's actually okay. a really good movie. It's currently on Netflix. But like I I fully recommend going and watching it because it's such an interesting story. Just like because her, her wife was so like so supportive of her in yeah. a time that was really like taboo. It's still taboo today, but it was like all yeah. over taboo. I think the best way to put it is today in like some of the bigger cities you have a certain level of acceptance whereas mm-hmm. other areas like small town countries that may not be as big they so weird as you being uh, well you you pretty much being related to Satan or something along those lines like Every Pride Month, I think it's fair to say, like, I know there are people who wonder why there's not a straight Pride Month or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like, this isn't a month just for those who are gay, bisexual, trans, whatever. It's also to remember the memory of those who passed away because... I would say the ruling body wasn't willing to accept the difference. And I'm glad we're kind of getting away from that, but like it's going to take a long time before it's fully eradicated. Yeah. Like, I, I want to, going forward, like, I want to make Pride Month more about remembering those that came before us rather than you know praising where we're at we wouldn't be where we're at with those that paved the way yeah like like i said with turing like without without his brilliance like the nazis could have won the european theater oh yeah like i don't think people truly realize just how close to victory Hitler truly was. Because they want to focus on Barbarossa, things like that. Right. Like the, the Battle of the Atlantic was still was still going on. Okay. So you figure they don't invade Russia for until forty two. Maybe maybe Japan doesn't bomb Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. It is legitimately like I'll call it a flashpoint because it works for what I works in the sense that you remove that moment, the world's different. No. What? I, if you can't, if you can't already tell, there's a there's a, a pseudo theme <laughs> with the people that I picked this month. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, it's people that have had movies made about them, but they're not as well known. Well known or well received. Yeah. So, and go ahead. What's up? I was just going to say that I really 
hope I see the day where, like, people aren't judged because they like they like boys and girls or whatever, men, women, however you want to phrase it. I don't want to see that. I want to see people accepting everybody. Yeah. I may be a bleeding card, but yeah, I just, the sooner we get to that, the sooner we can appreciate everything that happened in the past and will happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm kind of, I'm actually loving the historical people because some people I don't know, I get to learn about. And it is just so much fun. <laughs> this next person you may, you may know. I don't know if you will. I know I didn't know this person when I looked it up. So this is William Moulton Marston. Does the name sound familiar? Uh, it does. I mean, <laughs> Marston sounds like a name that needs a redemption or something, but that's beside the point. <laughs> so this is actually the man who created the character Wonder Woman. Yeah, I forget. Like when he created her, that was back in like the nineteen thirties, correct? Um, it should have been. Let me see. Uh, nineteen forty. Okay, so nineteen forty. So, mm-hmm. right, right when the world, the world was falling to, to yet another conflict. And you stop and think about that female superhero at that time, like people get laughed at for for wanting women to be in movies or shows as lead actresses. So imagine the ridicule that Martian must have gone back then. Oh, but I I haven't even told you the best part of his story yet. What's that? So, William Moulton Marston, born May 9th, 1893, was an American psychologist married to his wife, Elizabeth Holloway. He invented the early prototype of the lie detector, was also the man that created Wonder Woman. God, so a polyamorous person. Polyamorous? He had that's a wife actually... he had a partner. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So his wife was Elizabeth Holloway Marston and their polyamorous partner was Olive Byrne. Alan okay. Byrne? Olive Byrne. Okay, that name sounds a little bit more familiar to me, but not by much. <laughs> so, Olive came into their relationship. The Elizabeth and William were married in 1915. Olive came into the relationship in 1925. Okay. Um, Let's see. William Moulton Marston unfortunately died of cancer on May 2nd, 1947. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. I just said fuck cancer. Oh, you're completely correct, yes. <laughs> um, but they, all three of them were in 
polyamorous relationship until his death in 1947. And then Elizabeth and Olive continued to live together until Olive died in 1990. See, that's something that you will never hear because people don't like the idea of there being more than one partner in a relationship. But when you hear a story like this, like sometimes three is better than two because two may not be able to get along without the third. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just and, like, and they all seem to have liked each other, at least, you know, in the sense that they could live together. They could live together, but their relationship didn't split, even after he died. Yeah. Like, all three of them, there was a mutual, like, respect. Like, so, he is, um, post homiously named as one of the honorees by DC Comics in 1958 in the 50th anniversary publication, 50 Who Made DC Great. Okay, that's actually pretty cool by DC. Like, but uh, you can find out more about his life in the biopic called Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, which is a, a movie that came out in 2017 and actually stars Welsh actor Luke Evans, who, yep, if I'm remembering correctly, he is also part of the community. That's Luke Evans? He is. He is gay. Wow. Well, that's a, that's just an absolute win right there. <laughs> but I just like now it's giving doing doing all this research. I'm like now I have more movies that I need to go watch, just because it's like that story and something like I would not have picked someone that created you know a, such a huge DC character to be to one be- part community but too like just he just had like this amazing life like he was a well-known American psychologist created the early version of the lie detector test yeah and was a comic book person like okay <laughs> yeah it's it's actually kind of unique how comic books seem to be more accepting of any and all differences because I remember one Superman comic where it was like, oh my god, there's this person who's, I want to say, a different religion, and it's just Superman being there like, no, that's not work. that's not flying here, and he pretty much just said that. Love one another, respect one another, who cares about the color or religion or, or orientation? Just... Show the fair amount of respect to everybody, and you'll get respect from them. And I mean, that was Superman saying it. Then Stan Lee, somebody who I don't think it's too too much of reach to say that without him, comic books, superhero superhero movies, like stuff like that, right. we wouldn't have any of that. Because he was willing to accept that, yeah, he may not have always been perfect. Like, I remember a story of him, like, having a girlfriend or fiancé, going up to somebody else and pretty much 
I may be misremembering mm-hmm. it or getting it confused, but it's like he accepted everything, like criticism, just it is amazing when you start to think about it because without that Wonder Woman, that Batman, without well, hell, that loud people you mentioned, like how much different would the world be? There are a lot of allies within the community, but not within community, but outside of it who support LGBTQ stuff. But it's like their support helps people become more confident. And those people can then help influence the next generation, no matter what orientation they are. So it's just amazing when you stop to think about it. So we've got two more people that we're going to talk about. Next one actually is a little he's a a bit of a rebel, this next one. Do you know the name Allen Ginsberg? Allen Ginsberg. Sounds like nasty. No, he's not an athlete. Are you sure? Positive. <laughs> I just, I remember that name, but. Erwin <laughs> Allen Ginsberg, born June 3rd, 19, 1926. He was a, oh. an American poet and writer. He was part of the group that formed the core of the Beat Generation. The what generation? The beat generation, like beat, beat. poetry. Okay. So he's actually got his notoriety from a oh gosh, one second. From a nineteen fifty seven obscenity trial about one of his works of poetry. Okay. His poem was called Howl and attracted widespread publicity um, because of the trial as it described heterosexual and homosexual sex at a time when sodomy laws made male homosexual acts a crime in every state in the United States. The poem included Ginsburg's own sexuality and his relationships with a number of men, including Peter Orlovsky, his lifelong partner. The judge of the case ruled that Howell was not obscene, stating where would be where would there be any freedom of press or speech if one must reduce his vocabulary to vapid, innocuous euphemisms. I like that judge. <laughs> so he like he was not afraid to speak his truth and he like full on published Howell. And it's one of the greatest, you know, pieces of poetry. Yeah. It, that whole case got him his own movie called Howl, which came out in 2010. 
Okay. It actually stars James Franco. James Franco. Wow. He plays Ginsburg, oddly enough. That? James Tavay's in that movie, too. I need to watch that. <laughs> Who else? Aaron Tavay. Aaron Tavay. Okay. So I'm just like, I like the the people that are just like not afraid to live their truth because he's just like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna publish this and and be good with it because like he was also known for vigorously opposing militarism, economic materialism, sexual oppression. He embodied various aspects of the counterculture of this counterculture with his view on drugs, sex, multiculturalism, hostility to the bureaucracy, and his openness to Eastern religions. He was actually a Buddhist. Yeah. See, that's some guy I obviously do love finding out. Like, you just have to think about some of the others who may, who may be a Buddhist, but don't really come out and say it because I mean, for some reason, people don't like like it. It's it's beyond stupid when you stop and actually study the religion, because it is phenomenal. Yeah. Like I, I remember when I was living in London, I stopped. I I looked into one of the Buddhist temples because I was in a religion class, and it's just fascinating, honestly. Oh yeah, like. There are so many religions out there that that actually tie into like Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I know. I want to say Japanese version is Shinto. I may be mispronouncing that, no, or just that right wrong. I think you're good. Yeah, I I might be. I might not be. If I'm not, please correct me in the comments or whatever but it's just you stop and think about that it is phenomenal when you you look into it how many different religions spread off of it it's it is quite honestly to get a little off topic here it is (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of like how Islam, Judaism, Christianity, they all stem from the same starting point. It's just three different books were written, and suddenly those books hold all the truth. And in reality, you could combine them, and you'd have a much better you'd have a much better understanding of what was being said. Right. Yeah. This will probably be one of the few times I get religious or anything like that. So, yeah. So, unfortunately, Ginsburg is no longer with us. Sad. After returning home from the hospital for the last time where he would where he had been unsuccessfully treated for congestive heart failure. This is what makes me laugh about his biography. Ginsburg continued making phone calls to say goodbye to nearly everyone in his address book. Some of the phones, including one to Johnny Depp, were sad and interrupted by crying and others joyous and optimistic. 
Wow. <laughs> and it's like, of course, Johnny Depp's just in here somewhere. He was gonna yeah. pop up at some point. <laughs> oh yeah. But Ginsburg's Ginsburg's death is another case of um, fuck cancer. Yeah. He died on April fifth, nineteen ninety-seven, surrounded by his family and friends in his East Village lot in Manhattan, succumbing to liver cancer via complications of hepatitis at the age of seventy. I will say at least he was surrounded by his friends and family, but still. Yeah. If cancer could just buck itself right off into the sun, that'd be great. Yeah. On a brighter note, though, it is that Goodwill Hunting, which is released in December of 97, was dedicated to Ginsburg, as well as one of his colleagues. Um, if I can find the person in here. I was calling the last name of Burroughs, who died four months later. Okay. Good Will Hunting is a good movie. Oh, yeah. I think it's, like, one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Like, it is up there with, like, a Saving Private Ryan, Maltese Falcon, like, stuff like that, where it's, like, when you sit and put it down, you're captured almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And I knew Goodwill Hunting was dedicated to a couple of people. I just didn't know their names. So, yeah. like, again, we say those who came before, and we learn. And that's the beautiful thing about Pride Month, because you can be gay, lesbian, bi, trans, whatever. Okay, just whatever you want to be, can be it, and you can understand everything more because of those who are in the community who unfortunately passed away, and those who are straight can can listen in and say, okay, Alan Turing created the Enigma machine. Let's study him. Let's let's study. Lisa Elb, I believe you said her name was? Lily Elb. Lily Elb. Yeah, I don't know where I got Lisa from, so ignore her. One of her middle names is Elsa. Okay. So I probably just. (laughs) You were were confused. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's just. There's so much history that can be learned just from this month alone. And there's there's one person that this one doesn't have a movie, but the legacy from this person um, has affected us at a federal level. Matthew okay. James Shepard was born December first, nineteen seventy six. Matthew. What? Shepherd. Shepherd? Yep. Okay. He was a gay American student at the University of Wyoming who was beaten, tortured, and left to die near Laramie on the night of October 6, 1998. Then, I wasn't, didn't somebody see him and actually get him to a hospital or something? They did. 
Like he okay. succumbed, they succumbed to his he succumbed to his injuries six days later. He was taken by rescuers to Podre Valley Hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado, where he died six days later from severe head injuries received during his beating. God. His the, the media coverage given to his murder and the role of set his sexual orientation played as a motive for committing the crime. Those two suspects were arrested shortly after the attack and charged with first degree. Good. I'm not it, a spiteful person, but you you just cannot do that. They to go to, to jail. Yeah. They were charged with murder, kidnapping, and aggravated robbery. Yeah. And they were actually up for the death penalty during the case, during the trial. Didn't they receive it or or my mistake? Or am I con- getting confused with somebody else? Uh, they received, let me see, um, oh, where's the one, one of them received two, two consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole. Okay. And they were incarcerated in the Wyoming State Penitentiary in Rollins and then later transferred to other prisons because of overcrowding. But they, they were given life without parole. So they'll be okay. for the rest of their lives. Good. But Matthew Shepard's death led to um, national and international attention to hate crime legislation at both the state and the federal level. In October of 2009, the United States Congress passed the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act more commonly known as the Matthew Shepard Act. And and on October 28, 2009, President Barack Obama signed the legislation into law. Okay. I remember, like, around that time, like, I was, like, three or so. So, it was a little bit after that when... When the GTA games came out for like a PlayStation or something like that, I forget which console, so forgive me. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I just remember I went there, I was watching my brother play, and I said something that, well, I won't talk about now, but put bluntly, it was disgusting, which I was four, almost five years old, something like that. So it's not a case of me doing it as a teenager. It's a case of me not realizing the ramifications of it. And my brother essentially taught me that everybody's different. You have to accept that. You, I mean, no matter what you want to do, can't change other people without becoming without becoming the thing that you hate the most. Right. And as I grew older, and even now, I'm just barely understanding what he truly meant. 
Because, again, small towns are pretty religious. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's like, I went from a small town in Illinois, so you can already tell how religious that would be. Mm-hmm. And I went to Albuquerque, which was a bigger city. And the difference is nine days. Because I said earlier, there's some level of acceptance, but it's not everywhere. Albuquerque, for a whole, except those who are atheists or other religions, and those who are other orientations other than straight, there are some crimes against them, but it's something like Matthew Shepard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of that's the only thing that I would love to see over the, the entire entire world. Like, just the bare acceptance of those who may not be be the right religion or the right sexual orientation or whatever. I just want to see that so bad. And I think you'll agree with me when I say that I don't really get emotional or anything like that. Like I I said that like April was always the worst month for me because my brother died that month and pretty much anything and everything bad happens that month to me. So it's a hate-hate relationship at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's like I you came out to your family, right? I am not. You have not. Okay. So you can understand. You'll you understand when I say that. You tried so hard to be the perfect child growing up until you reach a, your teenager years. Mm-hmm. Then you start start rebelling and start saying, "Oh, you're a Christian. I'm an atheist, or whatever." Just pushing boundaries. Stuff like that. And you also have, or at the very least, know of somebody who you can turn to and just talk things out. So it's important for everybody to understand that we're here for everybody who may feel like they're not being the perfect, perfect child, perfect son, daughter, brother, sister, whatever. Because my brother Matt, he was, he loved drinking, he loved smoking. But at the end of the day, he would have taken a bullet for any one of his friends. Like, to touch on a recent event that is a disgusting act of cowardice. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about in Texas. Yes. But it's like, 
see stuff like that on the news. Like, that's disgusting. Like, that level of incompetence should not exist. Right. Okay. And the survivors of that shooting, which I believe there were, I I forget how many students were in that school, but that's beside the point. But they're going to struggle with that. And all comes back to the lessons we can take from this month, okay? Like, certain people within the community have changed this world for the better, okay? Mm -hmm. Some of the allies outside the community have taken steps to say, hey, we support this. Like, I know one you and I both enjoy is Jeremy Dooley, and it's like creating entire persona and he or not he but Jeremy said that the persona for me Tim uses they them pronouns. Yeah. Like it's small things like that that show us that we're not fighting a a battle against we're not fighting a battle against religion. Or an, or an older generation. Funny battle that is within everyone. Because mm-hmm. there are people who feel lost, who may want to say that they're Islamic, but their family's full of Islamophobes. Right. And it's like, we're here, okay? We're small, yes. But we are people who will fight to get draw attention to those who deserve attention. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those who are lost, those who are overwhelmed, like, we're here. We can offer you something. Not because we're good, not because we're a big, big podcast making millions of dollars, but because we are like you, okay? I am an atheist, I am bisexual, and my lifetime I've lived in three small towns. One in Illinois where, if you were different, everybody knew about it, and you were essentially treated like an outcast. Right. The second, second one, you already know that name of the town in Kentucky, and like every Sunday, I'd turn on the radio. I'd go to one of the many stations I could listen to, and they had Sunday sermons on the radio. And one of those things where it's like, you hear stuff like that, and you just slowly start thinking you're in the wrong, but you're not. You're not in the wrong. We are fighting this battle together. Those who have passed, fought for us. The current generation will fight forever, without doubt. But the future generation, generations that come next, whether they're part of the community or not, whether they're atheistic, 
monotheistic or whatever, polytheistic, whatever you want to say, they will be there. Let us take this one. Let us go back every, well, not every year, but every couple of years. Let's go back. Let's talk about steps taken to make life, life better for, for everybody. Because that's what pride is. It's a month of acceptance for everybody. That's how I view it. I, I think you probably view it along, this, along similar lines, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, we're not doing this alone. Okay, we're small, like I said, but we have supporters in some of the bigger internet news names, like Rooster Teeth. I think even Captain Sparkles is an ally of the community. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, you stop and think about the reach they have. Like, they're fighting alongside us. Yeah, exactly. And some of them, some of them may not even be a member of the community. They may just make characters who use the different, use they, them pronouns, or those who outright say, if you, if you want to get upset about it, fuck off. So, to those allies, I want to say thank you. To you, Megan, I would like to say thank you for the history lesson, because I mean, said before, and I'll say again, I'm a history buff. Mm-hmm. But more than that, to the to anybody listening, feels different from their family. You're welcome here. We're all different from our families. We see you. We love you. We accept you. Yeah. And much like how my dad wasn't, much like how my dad likes to keep his emotions hidden. I like to keep things hidden as well. That's why I'll come out and say right now. When we started this podcast, or more accurately, when you pitched it, my initial thought was, okay, this is going to be something that is just great for, for people to come on and just talk about things that we may not be able to cover on Bad Ping or any of the others. Mm-hmm. Like, I just looked at like that, like, as there as a venting podcast. You and Laura took it to a whole nother level. You guys host that thing phenomenally. You guys host this phenomenally. And I don't think there's a lot of other ways to phrase it, but. This is just one small battle. And whenever there's full acceptance, I do believe they will come back to these Pride Month podcasts that you and Laura did. Okay. Stuff that well stuff that doesn't connect with with cyber twitch or anything like that. They will come back through and say this podcast helped influence people to come out. And I love that. 
And I hope to hell that I live to see that day. Because when that day comes, you can be damn sure I'm going to petition for you and Laura to at least get recognized. You're going to make me cry. Stop it. <laughs> well, it's either make you cry today or make you cry with laughter tomorrow after my, my work story. Well, you'll probably make me cry tomorrow out of laughter, so no doubt. But yeah. our, our biggest hope doing this, doing tea and twits was to give people a space where they could come and, you know, be free. Unwind from a day if they've had, you know, that a bad day, and we could get a break to talk about just the random stuff that we want to talk about. Obviously, I know Laura probably echoes the sentiment, but our biggest hope was just to make people happy. So as, as long as we've made you know one person happy, that's we've we've done our job. Yeah, like my dad used to say, or well, yeah, my dad used to say it. But it takes one person to start a revolution, okay? But it takes one great leader. To really capitalize on everything. And you, you and Laura are two great leaders. So let's, hey, I know I'm showering you guys with praise, and you probably think I'm asking about to ask you guys for something weird, but truth is, without you guys, this one lasted a month. So for that, I thank you. I think I think that's a good note to end it on. I mean, I don't think I, I have anything else to add to that. So, um, well. thank you guys again for for listening to us for another month. We so appreciate you guys. And like I said, we want we wanted this podcast to be a place where people can come and just unwind and you know listen to us make complete fools out of ourselves. So if if we've done that, then you know what that's all that we need to know so um make sure you guys are following us on all of our socials uh at teen twits pod um at master site for myself at lady laura or one for laura adam what is your twitter if you get my my twitter is the adam bomb 90 if you would like to go and follow adam that there's his twitter i'm um, so sorry if you do <laughs> mostly just him being sarcastic all the time <laughs> yeah so um, make sure you're also going over to the YouTube channel uh, Tea and Twits Podcast and go visit the Redbubble store and buy some merch and hopefully and don't we- forget to follow Cyber Twits Pod on Twitter as well Yes. also follow Cyber Twits Pod on Twitter um, we'll be back next month with a brand new podcast. Hopefully, Laura will be able to uh, carve out some time to do a podcast next month. Otherwise, I know I will at least be back. Um, but Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. And we will talk to you guys again next month. Goodbye. See ya.